Welcome to Girl, We Gotta Talk. I'm your host, Elena Jakes. This podcast is a lifestyle and entertainment news podcast where I talk all about life struggles, the breakups, the makeups, business aspirations, and I am always having new guests on to discuss it all. Plus, I'm always giving you the latest on all things pop culture. So let's jump into today's episode because, girl, we gotta talk. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Girl We Gotta Talk. Today, I am joined by Moni from Mixing with Moni. I'm sure you guys have already seen her page and follow her, I'm sure. She's a fellow podcaster, a meme maker, literally makes the best memes, and just a Bravo lover. So I am super stoked to have her on today's episode. Um, We're going to cover a lot of things. There's a ton to talk about with The Real Housewives. We're going to talk about Salt Lake City, the new franchise and all the new ladies. We're going to talk about um, Real Housewives of Potomac Reunion Part 1 that was out on Monday or Sunday night. And we're going to cover Erica and Tom's divorce, lawsuit, just all things Bravo. So I'm really excited. I really never talk about this stuff anymore. So I'm super excited to have you on. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. I mean, if you don't typically talk about TV and, and pop culture, then I feel honored. I feel blessed. And I feel like Bravo has really given us so much to work with. So we've been blessed with, like, this is the best time to talk about it. Absolutely. I know. I I literally watch Bravo, like, every single day. And I'm, like, I have no one to talk about it with. And I figured it'd be perfect, too. You're the professional. Um, honored. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So before we get into all of that, I like to do like rapid fire questions with guests just so that listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit better before we jump into everything. So what is your favorite song at the moment? Oh, wow. Favorite song at the moment is is probably, um, it's Megan the Stallion. I, I can't think of the title. It's on her brand new, off of her brand new album, um, which just came out, which got very, very, very mixed reviews. But I try to find at least one good thing in everything. So um, I think it's called What's New. I like that. And there's like a line in it where she said, um, um, Mary had a little lamb or like, you know, all these hoes are my sheep. When Mary little had a little lamb, she was talking about me or something like that. And I was like, oh, wow, she's like truly a lyricist. I'm really deeply into Megan, I mean, she gave us Hot Girl Summer, so I, I absolutely love her. So. She's, yeah, um, she's amazing. That's a good pick for sure. She's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, what is, or who is your favorite housewife of all time? Of all time on the show, or, or still current or not current? Um, either one. Okay, so um, of all time as a housewife, like not in the real world, which I like to think of Bravo celebrities not being real people, it makes me feel a lot safer in that world. Um, Bethany Frankel uh, of all time. And then currently um, on TV, I, I'd probably give it to, um, it'd probably be, be Portia. Portia. Yeah, I love Portia. I think Bethany's a good pick too, because she gives you everything on the show. Like literally. Oh my gosh, she's 
was an incredible housewife. I mean, people really, really hate her. And all the reasons that they hate her are all the reasons why she was such a good housewife. She was so quick-witted. She was very funny. Her little, like, similes and uh, it would be iconic. And it was, like, the right amount of meme. And she was a little mean, but, like, it was comfortable because you were also probably thinking it. And she got us through. She would narrate really well. But then she would always, like, burst into tears out of nowhere and just start crying and be flawed. And I loved that. I, and they all hated her basically just for being rich, like, for coming up. And they all thought that she was, you know, below them at some point. And then she kind of raised herself up. And they were not happy with it. And I love it. She was great. She was able to take on an entire room. We don't get that a lot from a housewife. No, we don't. No, she literally, everything you said is so correct. She was so quick with her words and just like, so, I don't know, like smart about what she said. She was always like on the nose with her, um, her like takes on people. I'm like, yes, that's literally Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking. Like she would say exactly what you're thinking and maybe people got pissed off at that, but like she said it how it was. That's, I love Bethany. I was super bummed that she she left. Ugh. Yeah, she was such a good housewife. I think, honestly, hot take New York is not going to be the same. I, I truly don't think it ever will be the same unless they make her an offer that she can't refuse and comes back. And stranger things have happened and she's done it before. So it's possible. Yeah, I think New York needs some help right now. They're, um, the last season was not my favorite. So hopefully, I feel like no. they got to bring some new girls in and spice and I'm excited it up. for them to do that. They have two. They have one friend of and one main housewife, both women of color, um, which is, it's, it's honestly, it's about damn time on New York, because yeah. to think that New York was just, like, the, the representation of it, like, to think that it was, like, all white, that's crazy. It's just not New York. You could walk off the train, and it's the most diverse city you will walk into, probably in all of America, so yeah. it's about time that they had a little bit of representation, representation of that. I think it's going to be fun to have a new you know, fresh vibe. Um, it feels like it might be a little old versus young, but you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, but that's also because that's what the women are going to make it. That's Ramona's insecurities. So yeah. we'll see what happens, but I am excited for a, a switch up. So am I, I think we really need it. Okay. If you were a real housewife, what would your tagline be? This one's kind of hard to think about on the spot, but yes. Um, I think I've, I've I've done this before. It's like my therapist says that my boundaries aren't optional, but you sure are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Thank you. Because <laughs> like, you know, we're promoting therapy. We're pro- promoting self-help. We love boundary work over here. We love to, you know, make sure we're practicing safe boundaries for ourselves, for our mental health especially during these quarantine times, but also we're getting rid of toxic people. We're letting them go. They can go. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. That was brilliant. Okay. Thank you. Um, what is your go-to drink at the bar? Vodka soda with extra lime. Mm, yes. And, and people go lime juice or lime lime. I'm like, I really don't care either way. Either way, we're looking at between 75 and 100 calories, so I'm pleased. Also, it gets the job done very quick, and it's just simple, like, to my palate. It's very simple. Like, I will try any cocktail. I will drink anything. I'm not opposed to dark or light. I like all liquor, wines, everything. But after I try one or two cocktails, I'm like, can I just get a back of soda with wine? Like, it's just so easy for me to get. Maybe it reminds me of college. I don't know, but that is what... I went to a very big party school with a lot of, um, you know, 
sorority girls, especially like the, the quintessential like white sorority girls. And I used to be friends with all of them and they'd be like, no, you know what you should get? A vodka soda. Cause like you'll never feel the calories. You can just keep, cause you can keep eating like the bar food if you're not drowning your calories in the mix in the, the mixed drinks and I was like only y'all would think about yeah. that while drunk I love it and they introduced it to me um shout out to all my friends who were in the um the tri-delta house they gave this drink to me and I've not turned back since and it's been years so I'm very grateful <laughs> no I mean I guess that's a good way of my looking life. <laughs> um okay last question what is your least favorite show on Bravo um, my least favorite show on Bravo of the ones that I watch, so like it takes me the longest to get around to it. At this moment, I, I I definitely would give it to Southern Charm just because I have very little interest. I think at this point I'm actually actively letting them pile up on the DVR just so I can watch it at the end of the year or something. And like maybe I'll do a Patreon or something about it. And and until then, I just. I have no interest because, and it's the Charleston one. New Orleans, to me, is leaps and bounds ahead. It is very fast-paced. The cast is diverse. The people are great. Um, the delusion of, like, the rich, you know, people who are on the show, like the rich Southern royalty, which is the whole point of Southern Charm, the delusion of them and the money is fantastic. And, and I really love it. And Tamika on New Orleans introduced the French 75 to me, which is probably the greatest cocktail that you can ever have and ever ask for at a bar. Um, it's truly delicious. It's just champagne, gin or vodka, and like a lemon, a lemon rind and like simple syrup or something like that. It's mm-hmm. delicious. It's so good. And I love that. I love them. Their cast is very attractive. Um, but Charleston is, is slow. It's always been slow to me. I feel like Catherine and Thomas were the biggest pulls onto that show and they were mainly that because they were allegedly very fueled up with some substances and very toxic towards one another so once that kind of all ended it just kind of fell and this season like half the cast left so it's just eh, you know I'm not really with it yet yeah I I've kind of felt the same way with Southern Charm um the Charleston one too. And I'm literally doing the same thing. I don't think I've like watched the last like two or three at least because there's nothing going on. And now, and this is kind of the same with Orange County, like now COVID's hit. So it's like, I don't really want to relive that. Like, I don't want to go back to March and watch that. Like it's not their fault that that's how it all panned out. And that, you know, that's when they were filming, but it's just like, it doesn't interest me. I don't want to watch it. And yeah, like Catherine and Thomas, like they were definitely like the driving force of that show. Mm. Um, and now there's just not much going on. So no. And I think the difference is like Atlanta premiered and people are like, well, that's in COVID. But Atlanta premiered at a time where we kind of already have been dealing with it. And they started the show with dealing with it. So it kind of reflected the way we were already living at that point. Right. You know, wearing masks, people being safe, um, being safe, socially distant. I mean, they were constantly getting tested every single other like day or week or something to film. And they were still wearing face shields. And they were still wearing masks. And they were still social distancing. Just so for the optics of it as well and to be safe. But like that already kind of reflected the shift that we've that we've all accepted as our new normal right versus southern charm and orange county it's like they go from regular to the whole hit of it all and us being 
you know, scared and paranoid and not knowing how to do it. And I hate having to judge people on how they took this seriously and how they felt because it's one thing that people are like, oh, well now X, Y, and Z, but this is in the very beginning when people were really struggling and suffering and you want me to just like sympathize with Kelly Dodd because she can't have toilet paper? Like, I know. I don't want that. That's yeah. not how I, that's not how I escape through TV. <laughs> right. No, that's the whole point of me putting Bravo on is like, I want to forget like what is going on. <laughs> like not yes. watching Kelly Dodd go to New York during COVID. Like that's not Can what I want to see. Not? <laughs> and I think that's honestly why Potomac has done so well. Their ratings are through the roof is because currently we recognize it's the only housewife season that we're going to get right now other than Salt Lake City that has nothing to do with it. Like right. nothing, which is crazy because the reunion was filmed during COVID. So we know that it happened because they're all socially distant from each other, but they really don't address it. And they're just like living it. And it's just, it's pure perfection, but that's mainly the reason why is because we don't have to face it. We're able to just escape and have a good ass time. Right, exactly. Okay, so we kind of just touched on it a little bit, but um, obviously with Orange County, um, things were a little bit different, obviously, because COVID just started, but we also had a new housewife, Elizabeth. So I want to get your opinions on her, what we think of like the whole divorce situation and her like really wanting the money and like sticking it out and now potentially settling. But now since COVID hit, it's like all stopped. But what do you think um, of Elizabeth just in general on the show? I am actually, I am not part of the boycott, but I just chose not to watch OC because I can't relive 2020 through Kelly Dodd's eyes. I just can't do it. I can't, like not a single part of it can I do it. But because I am very good at my job and I am in my job, this is, this is like, I mean, it's a full-time job to me, but it's like not a real thing. But I am very deeply invested in the pop culture world. So I know so much about this season and I listen to every recap about it. So I never need to hear anything. So Elizabeth Vargas apparently seems like she is not um, who she's, like, there's some sketchy things happening there, it feels like. I have some questions. There, she says something about the COVID has shut down her divorce proceedings, but allegedly has filed for like five years ago. So was it COVID or are you just dragging your feet? Like, and are, do you have money or do you have money when it's finalized? Because it seems like you're hinging a lot on this divorce, but you can't talk about it. And my thing is, I hate when people come on to a show, especially new, because the very reasons that we almost wanted Erica Jane kicked off the show is because she shared nothing and didn't talk about enough. You are brand new, Elizabeth, and you're gag ordering everything. Oh, I can't talk about it. Oh, I can't speak about it. We don't know you. We have no reason to invest in you. So right. if you can't speak about anything, you know, scandalous, you can go. We don't need you here. Like, what are we supposed to be interested in? Your divorce? Like, I don't when housewives come on and their main storyline is about their divorce. Like, at least, like, we see a little bit of a contrast because all Elizabeth has is that she's getting divorced. Whereas Drew, Sedora on Atlanta, her marriage is in trouble. We don't know if she's getting divorced. So there's something to invest in there because it's right. still a lot of mystery. And we're like all talking, can they make it work? Oh no, he did this. Oh no, that's okay. If he did like we're able to invest in something. All we have is Elizabeth's side of the story and we don't know anything about it. But then she's gonna blame COVID on a divorce that's been taking years to manifest. So I'm just like who who brought her? Like, where is she? Who is who is this girl? And why is she here? And she was definitely not the reason that I would come back to OC. I think they needed 
they they cast it wrong. I think that they were trying to. I think sometimes that Bravo is trying to make OC uh, something like they're really leaning into one specific lens, like one specific political view, like lifestyle view. And I, well, I think that I won't say it's fine or not fine. I think that I understand why Bravo's trying to do it. They're trying to like, oh, look, everybody has a different point of view and they need to be seen on TV. A, this is only one franchise. So that's, that's, that's a really, it's really late in the game to make that happen after 13, 14 seasons of this. And then B, most people who do think or align with these women's views aren't watching Bravo because they already thought that Bravo was too liberal or it was too this or it was too that. Like, it, so it's already kind of like, you're just throwing, to me, they're letting the show fall to its demise. And Elizabeth Vargas doesn't give me aspirational. And that's the whole point. It was called Behind the Gate. Give yeah. me the aspiration. I want to be, I want to, I want to want to live in Kodo. You have to let me want to live there. Right. Like Vicky used to be so, I used to, I, could, I can't stand Vicky, but she was really good at making you feel like you lucked up if you lived in her neighborhood. Now, where is that attitude? Like she's not even the mayor of the town. And she's like, you are so lucky to be amongst my neighborhood. I want that back. And we don't have that yet. I'm currently like doing the season four rewatch. Um, which is like the very first season of Gretchen. And it's so good. And I think we've fallen a lot from grace. I think that they need a big overhaul. And Elizabeth, I don't think she'll be back. I really don't. Really? No, I mean, Elizabeth is, I was a little excited for her, obviously, because it's like somebody new. And then, I mean, her first scene and her first like interview, I was like, not really impressed. And um I was a little weary of her, but then, yeah, with the divorce, she, she throws me off because like, and I mean, Orange County, I was, a lot of people are boycotting this season and I'm just watching because literally I have nothing better to do, but I'm not like, I never like look forward to an episode. Like I do with the other, um, like I do with the others, but I don't know. She, she's been bugging me and like, she goes on about, I can't say this about my divorce, but then she says things about the divorce. And then I can't right. say this about, um, this is the loosest gag order. In her right. Story. And I'm like, well, dude, what is going on in your life? And then she's like, I'm going to buy a Ferrari and donate it to charity. And people were like, just donate money to ch-. like, she's just like all over the place. And then she had to pay for, you know, something to do with court, like half a million dollars yet. She has no money until the divorce. So she's so like contradictory of herself. Um, and I'm just losing like the respect. I, I mean, I didn't have too much, but I'm losing the respect for her. (laughs) The little Um, bit we had. Right. And I don't know. I think, yeah, I think we need to, Orange County needs to just switch it up. I'm over Shannon. I'm over Shannon. I'm, um, over Gina. Like I'm just over all of them. Gina is the least aspirational individual, I think, on television. And this is not just like. Like, people, Bethany started as, like, the poor one. They always used to cast, like, one person who was a little too real. Like, that made, it was aspirational, and then someone that made you feel better about your situation. Because yeah. they were somehow worse off than you in some regard. Um, Not even just financially, just overall. And that was Bethany, but then she came up. Gina is, it, to me, just is tragic. Like, it's a lot of, and it's been tragic for a while. I was like, why are we filming a Housewives season in a casita? 
Like, please make that make sense to me. And the fact that apparently Gina is the only person that owns a home right now, and it's like 1,700 square feet, and this is the same exact franchise where people were literally going into debt to keep up with the Joneses. Like, Vicky was looking at a, a million-dollar yacht at one point and going to sell her, like, second or third home in order to do it. Like, the, the contrast of where we are, Gretchen's initial tagline was, I like the, the jewelry. I like the diamonds. I want. I like it all. And we we're not there anymore. No, like we're simply not there. We're we in COVID. So we're, <laughs> we're in a casita with COVID, and I don't want that. I don't yeah. want that. If you have nothing better to do, have you ever seen Married to Medicine? Yes. Okay, because it. I'd say Atlanta is the binge that keeps on giving. I just. I mean, it's like eight seasons and or seven seasons, and it just gets better and better with time and attention. And the women are all friends and have coins. And we love coins yeah. on Bravo, which is what we signed up for. Well, it's like, that's why people watch in general. It's like you aspire to be these rich, glamorous women who yes. may have these huge homes and they get to go shopping and they have all these kids. And it's like, wow, what a life. But with Gina, it's like, well, it's also just like the personality. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's like all of it. I mean, I don't. I'm not trying to, you know, crap on her divorce and like the infidelity and all of that. Cause I don't wish that upon anyone, but like, okay, we're still not getting anything from you. Like you went through that last season, but like, what are you giving us this season? Nothing. Right. Like, still nothing. And it, it makes me feel sad. Like I don't watch Housewives to feel sad. I can literally look around any major part of my life and find some sadness somewhere, especially in 2020. And I don't want to turn on the TV to do it. That's a lot of sadness. Right. I think the only um, housewife really saving OC, if you could even say that, is Bronwyn. She's literally the only person with like a legit storyline. She, she is bearing it all. Good, bad, and it, ugly. Right. She's laying it all out there. Like she's really doing the most to, I think, pick up the slack of the season. Um, she obviously has spoken out about her sobriety and that she was, you know, an alcoholic. Um, and, and now she has like come out and has a girlfriend potentially. Um, and so she's really just like sharing all of her life with the world. I'm just like, yes. I love Bronwyn. I, I don't, I think there are mixed reviews on Bronwyn, but I always have had respect for her. I think she's had a very like rocky road, um, in her life and she's doing the best that she can now with, you know, she's really come to terms with, yes, I am an alcoholic and I got pregnant so that I would stop drinking. And like that, that, um, admission was nuts to me. The fact that, mm -hmm. um, you know, the only way for her to stop drinking was to have a kid. Like that broke my yeah. heart. Um, it broke mine too. She probably, and I, you know, Bronwyn has, um, become, a reasonably a good friend of mine um through a lot of you know just being from reporting on it and me simply asking questions like so what is going on and you know it's she's a really special woman and I think the perspective that people don't know is that they started filming OC like less than a week after she decided to get sober so imagine right and during a pandemic imagine I it's it's not so much that because you know plenty of people are like well I don't drink every day but I don't go around slapping my husband or yelling at people or anything like that I'm like yeah but it's not just that she wasn't drinking it's that she had to make the active choice that there was no other option like 
when she, when we are upset or we want to come home or we are at home and we've been in the house forever, I'm like, you know what? I really could go for a glass of wine, but we get caught up with work and dinner and doing things so we don't have it. It's not, it's a kudos show that we didn't have the wine, but she didn't even have the option to have the wine. It's now I must face it. I can't even think and rely on that escape, on that outlet of drinking to get through this moment that I'm feeling right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's no longer an option. So to think to herself, oh, I can use a shot right now and then go, oh my God, I can't have a shot. It's a lot. And then to go through sobriety, I've had some people reach out to me on Instagram who are um, sober from various vices and they're like, detoxing is difficult like even if even if you weren't like you know drunk or high or doing something that day before you decided to go sober the detox of like the mental detox and everything is very difficult and it is very very sometimes painful for other people painful for yourself because you're genuinely looking at your your issues and realizing you have no crutch you have to fall face first into it and imagine in a global pandemic with seven kids and a husband or a spouse of any kind and in your house, you're trapped in the house and you have to face every single part of you that you've never had to think about before because you were drinking. Like mm-hmm. when you don't like something, you're sad or depressed, you could, when you even are excited, pop a champagne, you know, you have a shot, you can get, have fun with friends that way. And then you get sober and people tend to really feel like you're judging them when you aren't drinking. Like I've gone out to happy hour with a friend and been like, oh, can I just have like a club set or like a Perrier or something? And oh, you're not having a cocktail? And I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't know. I have to do X, Y, and Z tomorrow. Just for me, like I have work and stuff. And they're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't drink too. Like you do whatever you want, but they feel like you're almost judging them because you've made a decision to not drink in, in, in any capacity. And then it's like, well, no, I'm not saying anything about you. I'm just saying this doesn't work for me. And she's, on a show where we aren't doing any of this on TV in front of millions of people and an entire cast of women who are all drinking and might actually feel like, well, what did it say about us that she wants to not drink because she's trying to do well for her kids or something? So what, am I not doing well by my kids if I drink? Like, it's a lot. It, I can't imagine, like, you know, there are certain things that housewives do that I don't always agree with, but I think that the sobriety journey is one I've never had to experience because um, I've never felt like I was a any holic of any kind, gratefully. Um, I don't feel like I, I, I battle that disease, and I can't imagine, that, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't judge that, even if I did, because that's not my life. And to have, you know, children and a family, and to recognize at this age in her life, her sexuality, and probably have had to suppress it for so many years and then question herself, well, how can I be gay if I have all these kids and I love this man? Like, I cannot imagine it. Like, that just seems like a lot. And then to not be able to drink while you figure that out. (laughs) To really have to have faced it and figure out how she's going to make this impact and this shift on her family with so many people to consider, that's a lot of anxiety-inducing stuff. So I actually have to commend it to her, especially to do it on TV because there are people who, might actually relate to this and I think I tell people all the time and they're like well I just don't like Bronwyn and I'm like okay so then what season what would you what season would we have run it down to me yeah what would you have if not her like as much as you could not stand her what would you be looking at Elizabeth Vargas's gag orders and possible divorce Kelly Dodd looking for toilet paper like what are we looking at Shane like there's nothing there otherwise the show would literally be dead in the water so Absolutely. she's, you're welcome. On behalf of Bronwyn, you're welcome. 
Yes. No, she is so strong to one, come out to the sobriety. And then three, like you said, put it on national television. I can't imagine the like just being so overwhelmed, the stress that this brings. And then, like you said, like the fact that she can't like, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't think of that to wind down. Sometimes we'll Mm -hmm. have like a glass of wine. Like she can't even do that to, you know, calm down or just like take a minute. But I really commend her for, you know, doing this. And um, I mean, it's just crazy too. She has seven kids. And people to consider it's, yeah and then her husband just to think about him and I think that it's really it's really nice that he supports her in this way because he's like you know people are like oh poor Sean and I mean too and in a lot of respect we don't know what they've always talked about I had questions last season when she was talking about how you know they bring someone into the bedroom not because that's unconventional but because it did sound like it was something that she was making herself feel like she was doing for Sean, but it probably was her way of trying to feel like she was doing it for herself too, but didn't want to admit that. And then I don't think she actually had like super strong feelings for Tamara, but I think that she was like, she allowed herself to go to that place and probably hasn't in a long time and, or, or ever. And it kind of started, it was the catalyst of being, of her living her truth. And I would venture to tell people, especially if they're having issues with her this season, I love to see her a year after this. Like, I know that they do tell people like they shouldn't date while they're in recovery for like a year. So, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a choice and, and she can, you know, do whatever she wants, obviously. But I would love to see her a year sober and a year in her truth. And I guarantee we would see a very different version of her that people would actually really like. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're watching like the beginning of this all. We're watching her like at the beginning struggling. I would, yeah, Mm -hmm. I would love to see like her come out on top after a year and just be like, I'm owning this. I am happier. You know, my relationships with, you know, people around me are strong. One thing I did get really kind of sad about, and I think this is probably something that um, a lot of, you know, alcoholics may, may think is Mm -hmm. like, she says she went on a date with Sean one night and she said like, it's going to be interesting, like what friends stick around because a lot of my friends are my drinking friends. Like a lot of my friends I go out and I socialize with and we drink Mm -hmm. and And they turn up. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see like who sticks around and that like really broke my heart. So I really hope that like, and it does seem like that at least through social media that people are really standing by her during this time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I wish being impressed that people are standing by someone for being sober. Like what is wrong with people? I don't know so much actually. How dare we support someone living their truth and being healthy? Oh, so bad for television. So hard. Oh, (laughs) Okay, so moving into Potomac, I want to talk about um, just the season. They also had a new housewife, Wendy. She um, is just super smart, a professor, a political commentator, um, mm-hmm. and just an all-around, just like such a badass. How did she end up here? With I don't know. I was slums. literally thinking. Um, I mean, I'm grateful, but wow. Okay. Okay. Um, no, she is, um, she's awesome. I'd love to get your opinions on her, like first impressions of her and then just throughout the season. Yeah, I, I, I loved Wendy from the very beginning. I, 
understood that people were aggravated with her constantly talking about her degrees. I do have some friends who are Nigerian and I can attest that their education is so important to them because in their family, in their parents' mind, this is the one thing that makes their transition of leaving everything they have coming to a country, A, that actively practices racism, for one. B, where they may not be seen as nearly as um, valuable. Like, you know, when he talks about her mom and Eddie's mom being chiefs in Nigeria, and they come here and that does not exist. So they're literally giving up so much in status, in title, in lifestyle, in everything to come to this country specifically for their kids. And the only thing that they ask of their kids is that they basically make them proud and take full advantage of one of the leading educational systems in the entire world. The only degrees that are like recognized in every country uh, supposedly or something. So that is a small ask, but it's what they're asked of for their entire life. Like they work so hard. And if you're told your whole life, this is the only thing that is basically a value to me about you, like as a mother, the only thing that you really give me that's valuable is you do well in life and you have a great education. That's it. So of course she's going to value herself also on that same scale of however many degrees and certificates and dissertations and things that I have, that is what makes me valuable to people. And it's what sets me apart. So when you do have someone like Ashley or whatever, like yelling at you for, you know, whatever, and, and questioning you, or not questioning you, but asserting herself as a mother, I could see how it's Wendy's defense to assert herself as like a mother with also a career and why this mattered to her that she could have brought her child because she does so much work that her children have to still be such a priority to her and she doesn't always get that opportunity like she does a lot we literally were watching her do drills with her sons holding a baby and birthing and, and feeding the baby and getting ready to go on this trip with us just to be locked in the house with a bunch of women and yelling fight at them and then they fight with her about her not whether or not like she could have brought her baby or not and I've always liked Dr. Wendy. I'm currently getting my master's and you better believe after I finish this degree, I will be talking about my two degrees everywhere I go. And if <laughs> I get a third, you'll be hearing about that. So I think Wendy is great. I think she's a great representation um, for a culture that we didn't even consider. Like it's not just about having diversity in like Atlanta and Potomac and just having like quote unquote, you know, black housewives, but but there's so many different realms of that. There's a diaspora of that. And, and it, it's a different experience, you know, for them. I think she brought a lot of worthy conversation to the reunion, to the season, um, even to the colorism aspect that she talked to the women about and, uh, you know, the, the words like aggressive and whatnot and what that, those implications mean for a woman of her complexion or Monique's complexion or Candace's complexion. I think Wendy is leaps and bounds beyond most of the, the new housewives we've ever seen. I think she showed up. She's messy as hell. She's funny as hell. And she can take a joke. Again, I wonder how she ended up here with us in the slums, but I'm happy and I won't complain. Like, as long as we don't tell her and she stays, I'm fine. Yeah, don't tell her because I'm not complaining. No one tell her. <laughs> she was a great addition. Um, I agree with everything you said. And yeah, I mean, like, she brought up her degrees a couple of times and they obviously, like, played it in the reunion, like, the compilation mm -hmm. of it and it made it seem way worse. But you know what? If that's, you know, what she was told is valuable, um, I mean, first of all, she did it. So she should be able to brag about it. I don't see, like, that a 
I don't see that as a being an issue. Like there are worse things to right. brag about. Um, and we've had the worst things. Like what was, um, who was it? Jennifer from New Jersey. I remember when she was new, she was like, well, I, you should see my sunset. Okay, shut up, Jennifer. 16 bathrooms. 16 like, bathrooms. She yelled it out of nowhere. Who cares about bathrooms? This is shut. something that people don't care about. <laughs> that is not an accomplishment. And I love my Bethany, but she literally like would have skinny girl placed in every single shot. So trust me, there are worse things to brag about than, and we've had housewives do it other than having a bunch of degrees. Like, come on. Yeah, it could definitely be worse. And um, she can brag all she wants next season too. Um, So obviously this season was a little different because of the altercation that happened with Candace and Monique. Um, And it's going to get brought up. I mean, we saw Monique's um, binder in that reunion. She's going to- I would love that binder published and printed immediately for my consumption. I I will pay top dollar. Absolutely. I would love to, I mean, she literally color coded the tabs. Like everyone's got a tab. I want all of it. I want the, I want it literally taken from her home, reprinted to color completion and given to me. I will pay $85 for it right now. Like as a coffee table book, could you imagine? I would just have such a great time. People are like, what is that? Oh, that's Monique's receipts. (laughs) They'd be like, who is that? Where's Monique? (laughs) Read it. (laughs) open I want all the inserts I want she pulled out a packet so thick on Jamal Bryan's text messages that I could not I I, I, to see Giselle be speechless like she had no other choice but to confirm the number I I saw her in her mind she was definitely weighing her options like if I say it's not his number they will fact check me somebody one of the producers probably has it they will go get her phone and he's gonna be like let me see the number like it would have just gotten worse so it's just and then as soon as she said that's her number she said it's um 410 blah 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 blah. and I was like oh my god that means that every single thing on that on those in those pages are now true it's insanity I want the binder I want it I thought that this effort this part one was one of the best part ones we've ever seen usually a part one is so slow and we get nothing until like maybe two and then three we close up and then everybody always says oh this could have been two parts like this could need to be three you know this needs to be five we are just we're really trudging through part one and I am riveted were you not riveted I was riveted it was insane yeah the fact that Giselle had nothing to say I mean yeah once you confirm the number like okay there it is you just confirmed the whole thing like we're done insane that she has the binder in general I yeah like you said part one's normally very slow we don't get a lot from it um I'm very excited for part two part three maybe there's part four part five there probably should be there's a lot of grounds to cover there's gonna be a lot to talk about but yeah, I, I think, I mean, they're obviously going to cover like the altercation between Candace and Monique. Um, like she has a binder for that too, she says. So curious to see how that goes down. Like, I oh my God, it just, Sunday night on Bravo has just gotten so much better. And I'm just so grateful. <laughs> Could you imagine all we've been through, we didn't know if we were going to have anything, you know, this entire year, they were filming during COVID. We were very scared about it. They pushed the Potomac premiere back like three times or something. Like we were so afraid and this is what we have. Now Sunday is we get double features, heavy hitters of Atlanta and Potomac. 
I thought Atlanta was explosive. I thought part one of Potomac was like, I don't want the season to end, but I'm like deeply in the reunion. Salt Lake City is a godsend. And this is the best ending of the year we could ask for. Yes. Okay, let's talk about Salt Lake City because what a great, normally like when they make a new franchise, I get a little nervous because some of them are really like hit hit or miss. Um, We see a lot go, yes, we see a lot go kind of down in flames, but this Salt Lake City cast is incredible. Um, I really love them. I love the different dynamics. Um, I love that we're seeing um, just a completely different like culture. Like we're seeing like Mormonism, we're seeing stuff that we haven't seen before. So what are your kind of opinions so far on the season? Um, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Yes. Some days I give it a 15 out of 10 because it's just simply doing the work for me. It is giving me so much. Um, there is something powerful about the fact that we know none of these women. So we truly have no idea where they fall, what they were casted for. And they switched production companies halfway through their editing process. So they pretty much wrapped and then filmed with a different production company at the end. The first production company, and this is going to shock people. Did you know the first production company didn't think Mary needed to be full-time? Oh, All that the... she's given, a, a grandfather, step-grandfather as a husband, eyes that bug out better than Ramona's, beta fish on the table, and you mean to tell me you thought she was supposed to be a friend of? Yeah. Like, I need to have a conversation with that initial production company, because if that is true, um, allegedly they're delusional. So we're now in a place where I think it's just really, it's really great to see the dynamics and to see where, because, you know, they all have some kind of relationship with Mormonism, like give or take two, like Meredith and Mary, um, where they all fall with it is, is so interesting to me. You have like, you know, Heather, who married so high up into the royalty and she, it's very clear she wants back in. Like she really would love it if she if they would accept her, but she knows it's not possible. So she really just like is like it's like self abuse. Like she's just hurting herself over this and, and obsessing over it. And it's so it's so sad. But I I kind of get it because she's like I wish I just didn't have to give up my entire lifestyle, you know, for that change. And it wasn't even her choice. She gets exiled from an entire community, and it wasn't even her choice to get the divorce. That's crazy to me. And then you know Lisa obviously wants in. Um, I think that she's not recognized or something by the church because she still practices. That's what I've read. Um, and then Whitney couldn't get out fast enough. She was in it and she was like, I'm good. And I just love to see how they all have fallen into it. Whitney is one of the best confessional givers because she always just gives such random tidbits. Like that one confessional where she was like, yeah, it's a known thing that, you know, our family members used to have like telephone lines and they would just yell from one tin can to the other that the marshals were coming and they had to hide the wives in a basement I'm like I need you to run that back that can't just be five seconds of confessional pause and explain to me what are you talking about like let me get a notepad how many wives where did they hide is there like a wives seller like what what are we talking about can, can we see the phone line did it really work like so they all had a compound is it, is it secluded like I have questions Right, and you just move on, and I just love that about this season and this new franchise is that they're really giving 
so much new information, but it's information that we simply almost can't even judge. We have no idea what they're talking about. It's so new. We'll need at least three seasons before we even feel strongly about any of the women because it's such a shifting and sliding scale. Like some days Jen is the enemy. Then I'm like, maybe she's not the enemy. Then it's like, oh, it's supposed to be Mary. And then I'm like, Mary's fantastic. She's one of the best housewives we've ever fucking seen. Yeah. Like she's hilarious and and insane. And there's also some kind of like, there's a pain there that is very real. There's a real storyline there. There's something really there. And I think that she's on the show, honestly, to liberate herself in some way. And, you know, she's so willing to offer us this information that she didn't want to marry you know, this man, and then she doesn't want, she didn't want to go through with this, and then it took her forever, and I'm like, something's happened, and we need to get to the bottom of it, but everything about her isn't sinister, and that's something I like, I appreciate. Yeah. I she's think... also just delusional and funny, like, yeah. and crazy. Beta fish as a centerpiece on a Wednesday at noon? What are you talking about? It's the red carpet out to the curb for me. Like, it's the people that grab yeah. them. I'm like, it's literally, yeah, they're all like, it's literally. It's a Wednesday. Also, what is Met Gala? That's not a theme. The Met Gala is a legitimate location. Yeah. It is a museum. Tell me what the theme is. And she's like, oh, I, and she can't even explain it herself. That's what makes her amazing. She goes, I just think dressed up and extravagant. And yeah, that's about it. I'm like, that said nothing, girl. You could have given any any theme this same day and would have had the exact same response. And then she's like, Can you stop your upsetting Volter? And I just like, what are we doing? Eight thousand dollar a pound truffles, wine that killed people in a heat wave in like two thousand and six or something. <laughs> like, yeah, she and and the way she said that information as if it just makes sense. Like she's just right. connecting dots. She's like, oh, you know, in 2008, they had a heat wave. It lasted all summer. 5,000 people died. It produced the best grapes. I said, sweetie, none of those things are related. None of them. Not a single thing is related to what you just said to each other. And I Googled it, and it's very correct. She's not wrong. This is like public information. Like an article was written. It's like, oh, yeah, grapes are great. People die. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's just, and just go all out like this, not for a finale party, not for anything else. Whip had a party where they only had like a third of the restaurant. The rest was like regular people enjoying themselves. She only took up a section. The man was like, so this would be where your party is. But Mary shuts down an entire place in the middle of the week where they could actually be making money on lunch hour and shuts it down to host an extravagant party and give Louis Vuitton AirPods and just to basically start drama. And it's great. And then say no one should interrupt each other, but then interrupt everyone. It's, it's iconic. This is the best thing that we could have gotten. And I'm just, I'm humbled and grateful. I'm ecstatic and I want it to never end. It's saddening to me that we're like on episode five or six. This is not well. I'm not happy with this. I want 22 episodes before the reunion or never show me Beverly Hills again. There it is. Honestly, Mary is somebody that we've never seen before. And she is just like, yeah, she's unlike any other housewife. And it's just, she's so like weird and interesting and everything you just said, literally. Um, Yeah, I think Salt Lake is, um, 
probably my favorite now. Like this is unlike any season I've seen, um, especially being the first. So I'm going to not be okay when this is over. I'm probably going to have a breakdown and I'm going to want like six parts of a reunion because I wouldn't, I just don't want it to be over. Like I don't want to to see them live action, their consistency, like their insistence on wearing open toed stilettos in the snow (laughs) when they've all lived there for so long that they should know better is just, Jen threw a party for someone else's birthday and had dances from her own country. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because at, at her house. At her house. And I just I have so many questions. People are like, oh, well, her husband used to be in law and he made a lot of money in law. And I'm like, okay, but a lot of money in law and moving, having furniture removed from your home because and having a chalet, the, the two aren't adding up to yeah. What does this man do? Why is he not home? And People have found his titles, and I love Coach Shaw, by the way. I think he's fantastic. I think he is a great husband, and he really loves her, and he calms her down, and she needs him. He answers that phone, and he gets to work. He's like, you will be okay. That pep talk. Don't worry. The pep talk. The Coach Shaw pep talk is great, but he is allegedly a football coordinator and a, like, uh, cornerback coach or something. Apparently, that's a position on the football teams. Um, (laughs) Great for them. He is those things, in which case, you don't need desperately to be at the game. Why were you not at your wife's dad's funeral? Like, why is he never home? Also, you don't make the most money the head coaches do. So where are we getting this chalet? Unless the chalet is rented. And that's why I love this show. Because we don't know what's happening here. But they all know that they were hired for a housewife franchise. So they know how to play the game and they've studied the show and they know they have to put their best foot forward. But the only thing I love about that is like, as we've seen with Monique, the moment you come on the show and you try to be super perfect and have on a front is the very same demise that you will have assigned yourself. You will fall. It will crack. And I can't wait. I know. I'm very interested with that dynamic because when she said that he wasn't there for the funeral, it's like... That is something you can miss work for. That is literally like yes. your wife's father that's has the died. one excuse. Like. Yeah, like that's your, you can leave. Like that's not a thing where you're like, oh, I have a game. Sorry. Like, no, you, you fucking don't have a game. Like you have a funeral to attend. Like I can't believe that's even a thing. Um, she's clearly still upset about it. I would be too. Um, but it's a weird dynamic because they do look like they, you know, they're a good match and he like calms her down and they balance each other out and they have these you know great kids mm-hmm. and whatever but something is there and I think we're gonna find it sooner than later um with them but yeah and then yeah there's rumors that like that's a rented house and she's not mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm pretty sure Meredith stays by the way oh really yes this is a little bit of tea for um and I don't think I was sure this on my own podcast uh this specifically but she I went to the virtual premiere for Salt Lake City um, on Zoom. And one of the things that was asked of Meredith, it was, uh, you know, because we got to ask some questions was, do you regret showing anything on the show? And she said, I just wish we were in our permanent home because we were in a temporary house at that point. And I was like, so y'all just spread all them roses around that temporary house? Mm. You rent a house and you want to just throw the roses all over the place. What kind of? 
privilege. Like, Can you talk about how many freaking petals that was? That was a lot of freaking yes. flowers. That was my question to her. I said, so it looks beautiful. Who cleaned up the roses? Yes. She said her housekeeper did, but she let it stay on the ground for a few days because she thought it was pretty. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting is right. I have questions and I'm ready for more. I want more. I want more. Seriously. Um, yeah, I just like overall great cast, great ladies, just like great episodes. I don't want it to end. Um, Never. please don't just thank you to Bravo. Really? That's all I have to say. About yeah, it. no, I mean, I'll never doubt you again. Bravo. I'm sorry. I did. It was me. I was a denier. I was unfaithful. I was very much so we don't need to be in Salt Lake. There is nothing in Utah. I promise. And Turns out there's everything in Utah. Everything is in that pure fluffy white snow, and I am grateful. So any city they want to take me to from now on, I'll just believe them. I'll go. We'll go. You yeah, know. we'll go. Wherever it is. We can go to Topeka, Kansas. I'm fine. Whatever. If you say that's where we need to be, that's where we need to be. And frankly, I would actually love a Midwest Housewives. I think that'd be really great. I have no kind of understanding of the Midwest. Here goes a lot of money. I don't know. I've yeah. never... I've done nothing but fly over the flyover states. So <laughs> I'm a, a truly coastal girl. So I would love to dive into that world. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. I mean, if you, I felt the same way about Salt Lake. Like I was like, what is there? But like, yeah, a Midwest um, show would be actually really interesting. And a little Kansas, little yeah. little Missouri action. Yes. You know, there are some really big homes in, in, in those worlds. And they're big 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 in like the MLMs and 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 like things like that I would love to meet those women who are having the Tupperware parties on a Thursday I want to know you you deserve a show I love especially because like the Midwest is like the one place where MLMs people believe they work because women there have money from them so right. I'm like well I want to meet those girls right. why don't we give them a camera like, I think we should camera we need to talk to Bravo about this. I think this is Yeah, great. let's do it. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll do a pitch together. We'll write an email and we will, we'll, we'll set up a meeting. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> okay. So a little bit of a sadder point. I wanted to kind of cover yeah. the lawsuit with Erica, Erica Jane and Tom. Um, Erica is from Beverly Hills House, Housewife. And okay, I, I, so to start this off, they basically came out with they're splitting up after 21 years. I think it was like in November, they, you know, publicly said it. And I was stunned because I mean, yes, she's like 40, he's like 80. There are obviously a huge age difference. And there's a lot of, you know, people are very skeptical of couples with a big age difference. But mm -hmm. um, and so when we saw Erica come on the show, we're like, really, you're gonna marry the rich lawyer and like do your own thing? Okay, interesting. But you kind of saw over the seasons that they actually have a very strong relationship and mm -hmm. they have this like mutual respect for each other, and he's really supportive of her music career, and she's just a supportive wife to him, and they had a good relationship, so it seemed on the shows. Um mm -hmm. but so when they, when they came out that they were splitting up, I was devastated. Um, and I mean, she said that she still had respect for Tom and, you know, they've created these, you know, amazing memories over the last 21 years together. Um, but then shortly after that, we hear of the lawsuit. Um, so his 
law firm is getting sued. There's speculation, and I'm part of it. I think <laughs> that they split before they knew that this was coming. They split before so that Erica could have the money and she wouldn't be affected by Tom being sued. That's kind of like my thought process with the situation. Um, but I'd love to know what you think on all of this, on the split, on the lawsuit. Yeah. I, um, I believe that Tom loves Erica. I think that the way they respected each other was honestly what contributed to their life, their long-term relationship being so successful. I, I think that he didn't want her to go down with this, but he was just like hemorrhaging money and needed to find a way to keep her afloat. And then I think when it all hit the fan, he just, A, wanted her to not be affected and get out. So she, you know, they got the divorce or whatever, but I don't think it was ever going to be the a, a true separation of divorce. But I also think that it meant that he, if he does get sued or whatever financially, it ties up his funds and they kind of can't figure out anything in other lawsuits and other court cases, especially with, you know, the alleged playing victims not getting their money and everything. He doesn't get to really do anything until the divorce is final. And divorces, as we know, can take years, especially when you have money and assets and homes. So I think it was also like a, a Hail Mary attempt to kind of prolong it so he could figure it out and, and make more money and stuff because we know Erica has money. And if they were married, her money could end up being going to the victims and going to the other lawsuits and everything. But if they're divorced, it, it kind of stays her own and all that. And she did figure that out. So I think that he did it to take care of her, but it's not, I think it's all crashing and burning and doing it very, very quickly. And Lisa Rinna is trolling us and she's like, you better believe she's going to talk about it. And I said, I actually believe the complete opposite. I believe we will never hear about this. We did not get a solid six six sentences from Tom until last season mm -hmm. where he told us this story about a friend we don't know who's friends with another friend we don't know and, and we don't care and she's like isn't he a storyteller he's the <laughs> best storyteller ever and you mean to tell me so that's his first appearance of on a mic where he's talking for like longer than a second and not just to Erica but now you're gonna just openly talk about his business his money y'all's lawsuits the victims and your involvement in the alleged embezzlement, uh, girl, no, we're not that naive. And Beverly Hills is not that girl. They just never been. They're honestly, they're all too close. I know I usually say we need to, we need a friends or we need like a real friend group where they have a connection to each other. But Beverly Hills is the, is the worst kind of friend group because they won't let, they try to tell us what to think so they can protect each other. And they kind of like take turns figuring out who is going to be the target that year. And I think that's so ridiculous. It's weird. Like the first season, it was Lisa Vanderpump. And it was, well, we're not going to talk about ourselves. We'll talk about Lisa. And then it was, we're not going to talk about ourselves. We'll talk about Denise. And I'm like, you can't tell us who to love and hate. We literally have to decide for ourselves because we're presented all the information. And Beverly Hills presents none of the information. So I don't think this is going to be any different. I think that it's unfortunate because Erica gets full-time again and we get nothing from her when everything is happening. Like, we're literally watching this unfold. Like, I'm afraid this is going to go to the Supreme Court or some shit one day. And we get nothing. We're going to get nothing from this. And we'll just have to continue to live it and, and read about it. And, I mean, 
I, do I think Erica is capable? I think she signed things. I think we have a Teresa situation on our hands. I think she did whatever she had to do. She trusted her husband, who was the expert, and thought, I'm going to do what he says, what he thinks is best. He would never harm me. And I think, unfortunately, it might harm her. Yeah, I mean, I I only can hope that she shares something from this. Like, please don't pull the Elizabeth, I can't talk about it. Because we literally get, the only thing we get from Erica is her glam. We get nothing about her life. We get nothing about her son. We get nothing about Tom. Um, we get a little bit of her, like, music career. <laughs> um, but we literally sure. got she's always been someone that holds everything in. And yes, you're so right about the friendship on this show. They all keep everything very tight with each other. Like no one person is going to be singled out about, like, I just don't think that they're going to bring up the situation with Erica. I think they are going to keep it under wraps as best as they can. And we're going to get nothing from it. I'm going to be so pissed if that's the case, because This is like, not that like, this is a good thing that's happening, but this is the perfect storyline for something on a Real Housewives show. This is something that only happens to the rich, right? Like this is something that we don't always see with, you know, regular people. This is something that like, is so interesting to watch go down. Um, Obviously not ideal, but like, give us something. If, If it's the case where she says not one word about it, I'm turning the TV off. I'm not watching the rest of the season. Like, I'll say it right now. I think I'm there, too. I think Beverly Hills, it's just simply not enough for me that Kathy Hilton is there because then there's rumors that Kathy is basically there to help Kyle be able to do what she needs to do behind closed doors and handle her business. I'm like, then why go on a television show. It makes no sense to me. What yeah. kind of narcissism do you have to have where you think that we're interested in watching you do nothing? Like, is, you already have to be a level of narcissistic to be on these shows, but to think that we, are, we care about you doing nothing. Like, it's, it's like Provence all over again. Like, when they just were gallivanting around and doing impressions of each other, and they wouldn't let Kyle and, and Teddy eat chips because they were fattening and they were drunk. And I'm like, this doesn't matter to me. And to me, Erica gave us a little bit of a hint of their dynamic because she left that table in France and she was like, keep going, keep effing going. She was like, oh, you're coming after me now. And I was like, oh, so they do fit. I'm telling you, there's something happening there where they're like, okay, so now you're going to open up. Okay. So now you're going to say something like, no, you all signed contracts, spill it or get lost. Like, you're not helping yourself or the situation because as the ratings drop, people complain about it, then you're getting yourself out of a job. And it sounds like you all need that money right now. So I suggest you get to talking or at least spin the narrative your way. That's what a show is for. You have the platform to literally curtail the headlines to spin, to be spun however you think. Right. Exactly. It's going to be interesting to watch. I just, I just hope that they give us something. I'm just curious how this actual lawsuit, you know, goes down. Um, like you said, Same. it's not it's not going very uh, well right now for them. So no, it's getting worse like by the day. <laughs> it's so quick how like downhill it's been going. It's in nuts. I mm, embezzlement. That's crazy. Gotta love it. Um, okay, so before we jump off today, I just kind of want to quickly talk about Vanderpump Rules. Obviously, they're not um, 
it's not airing right now, but some things have happened worth, I think, talking about. Obviously, Stassi, Lala, Brittany, and now Sheena are all pregnant, which is crazy. is crazy. Um, what is in the West Hollywood water? Or the Valley I Village, I should say. <laughs> I know. I am... Um, it's like going to be really, I think, sweet to see like all of their kids kind of like grow up together. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm sad that, you know, we probably won't even see much of that on TV. Uh, maybe with Lala and Sheena, but who knows at this point. Um, but in bigger news, Brittany and Jax have announced that they are not going to be on Vanderpump Rules any longer. So there's speculation yeah. that they were fired. There's speculation that there's, you know, they're trying to have a spinoff show of just them. Um, what are your thoughts? Have you heard anything on this? I definitely think that they were probably fired. I remember that there was that poll that was going around to certain, um, people who are part of like this poll taking for all NBC shows, um, uh, like group, like it's basically like their way of doing focus groups right now. And Vanderpump Rules was one of the questions that went around and it was not really well favored. And I think the root cause of it was the follow-up question of like, would you want Jax Taylor to return? And um, that is something that people were like, yeah, I don't know. The show feels very dark and twisty right now. And I think that they, that at least the production thinks that the last like strand of what that was is Jax. I mean, they did the right things by, you know, firing everyone in the summer because I think they genuinely thought that if they brought everyone back, even for their apology tour, it wouldn't be enough. Like people weren't gonna because people didn't favor well with the with um Brett and um Max. the other one. Max. Um with their apologies at the reunion. It did not favor well with their audiences and People were like, that didn't, they didn't say anything. And I think people were not interested in hearing uh, from, like, especially a, a, a show, a network that will keep, it will fire those, um, all those people at one time for something abhorrent and, and rightfully so, but we'll keep Jax on and all he does is abhorrent things. It's like one abhorrent thing after another. We, we, we battle racism with him. We battle homophobia with him. We battle uh, uh biphobia with him we battle mental health phobias with him like he is a nightmare of an individual when it comes to hot takes and they're not good it's really bad so I think that absolutely it was time I think that Bravo at least probably just probably pulled the plug and they were like this is not sustainable and it's not I mean without with with him it's gonna go downhill because no one's gonna want to see him <clears throat> What would the show be? Him being, you know, terrible to a bunch of new mothers and Ariana mm-hmm. for not being a mother? Like, can you imagine? Like, mm-hmm. this is not, it would have been disgusting because he would have been yelling at other pregnant women. <laughs> and, and all these men were yeah. babies with these women, or, or he would have made his wife's pregnancy about himself, and, and people would have felt bad for Brittany and, and who, and, and, if he does do that and he's truly Jack Taylor, we don't want to watch Brittany be stressed while pregnant or having a new baby. It's just too tricky now of a situation where before it was just like, okay, you're an asshole for what you say to Ariana about her sexuality, about her mental health and how you treat Tom because of her and everything. But it's another thing when you could be assholes to people when they're literally carrying life and starting new families and stuff. Now we're just simply not interested and that does not sustain us for 
the new direction that they obviously want to take the show in. Yeah. We're not no longer in that negative place. We're not in that, you know, asshole in the, in the, in the alley of a subpar restaurant, you know, getting down and dirty with everybody kind of place. We're not that way anymore. We're in a different place. They're all having babies and they're in different lifestyles and they have homes and all that. So we can't have that same energy. We have to level up. Yeah. I think we've evolved from that. And you made a good point. If, if, you know, Kristen and Stassi and everyone was fired this summer. Why did we keep Jax? Because if anything, he is just the worst. The worst, right? I'm curious though. I mean, I guess we won't see it now, but I, I feel for Brittany. And I mean, obviously, you know, she married him. She decided to stay with him. And I hope that this relationship and her being pregnant has been smooth. And I hope that it's been healthy mm-hmm. um, as far as like the way that Jax treats her. Jax Mm -hmm. does a lot of Instagram lives and he did one recently kind of right before all this news came out about them leaving, um, about him being excited for the kid to come and him being shown as a good father. He was like ready. He's like, I'm ready to be a good dad. And so I am a little bummed in the sense I maybe won't get to see how he'll be when the kid is here. Um, because he's kind of hyped himself up so much about being a good dad. And I a lot of it is because of his dad passing away. Now he wants to be this great role model and this great father for his own kids. So in that sense, I'm a little bummed, but I think you're right. I think we've moved on from the asshole kind of mentality um, that Jax is, and we don't need that toxic mm-hmm. energy in the show. But I'm curious to see if Vanderbump rules, honestly, like continues. Like, I don't know if, I mean, the only person, new person I liked from last season was Dana. And obviously, Max. I liked Charlie. I thought she was cool. I yeah. think that we should have gotten more from her. I think that that was also just because the show was so saturated, and they thought that we wouldn't care about new people. And I venture to tell you, we do because we don't care about the old people. We're sad with them, and they're doing bad things. But also, I have it on pretty good authority that they're going to start production next spring. I think that they missed so much of this important time not knowing if they were going to get renewed or not so they like missed all the baby announcements and the baby showers and I think they also didn't want to celebrate these large gatherings and stuff during COVID and everything so they didn't catch all this so they don't want to start in the middle of this so I think they're going to wait until most of them have given birth okay okay well that's so next spring everybody's already full mommyhood and then we'll catch up with them trying to battle probably motherhood and figure out like the balance of drinking and partying or not doing it none at all and you know maybe judging each other and maybe coming together again and maybe Lala and Sheena will have maybe they'll be friends again now that Sheena and her are both pregnant and both about to be moms and it seemed like Lala was not budging about Sheena's miscarriage but maybe we'll see some difference of opinions and stuff as that happens and then see Katie and what her journey is and how she'll finally get the opportunity to explain to people stop putting a clock on my uterus thank you um we're good over here love that for me um can you not and I want her to be able to say that I'll be honest too I want her to be like this is you've literally known I don't want kids since I've met this television show do not put a clock on my uterus I'm happy for all my friends this is fine and I would love to see that because now we have two people who are two couples especially who are not pregnant both of the toms and three people that are so I I think it'll be exciting too and if it's just if they keep it the way it is with this OG cast 
it's a 50-50 because 50% of the show that we know are pregnant and 50% won't be pregnant because they've already gotten rid of Brittany and Lala and Stassi. So it's just Lala and Sheena. That's it. So I think yeah. that it'll be, I would love to see them do stroller walks through the parks yep. with like over accessorized. Like, can you see Lala in like a Tupac, you know, oversized tee with big hoops carrying a, with a baby and like a chai tea latte and <laughs> Sheena in like a crop top with yoga pants, like just walking through like one of the canyons and it, with the strollers. And I think that that would be really fun. And then Ariana and Katie with their tongues being like, yes, yeah, so brunch at what, too? Yeah. yeah, maybe too. Mm-hmm. We'll play it by ear because they don't have to. So I would love to see that. Like, we're literally writing the show for them, but I think that we have, I think we have something to work with again. Yeah. No, I'm definitely looking forward to the different dynamic that these children will bring um, and the pregnancies will bring to the show. It, it's going to be interesting. Um, all right, cool. Well, I think that is about it for today's episode. We covered so much, I feel like. Um, we thank- did. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your your takes and your thoughts on um, all things Bravo, the Bravo professional over here. Um, where can <laughs> Thank people, you for having me. Of course. Where can people find you um, and follow you and listen to your podcast and all of that fun stuff? Yeah, I, you can find me anywhere you listen to podcasts, like right after this one, um, by searching Mixing with Monty. And on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Mixing with Monty, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. Awesome. Yeah. And I will tag her and um, in all of the posts and the show notes and all of that stuff so you guys can follow her. She has great content. So check her out for sure. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it was great chatting with you. Be sure to follow Girl We Gotta Talk podcast on Instagram and Facebook and look out for new episodes every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.